Hey guys, what's up? It's Aiden. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. It's, uh, what's today? Friday the 15th of December. Yo! I'm in Barcelona right now. Uh, I'm in uh, my little spare room here uh, at this dude Matt's house. Oh, the guy was like, I met the guy yesterday. Um, at this show, he's like another comedian and he, he runs shows and stuff here and uh, I'd never met him before and I'm staying at his place and I'd never, I didn't really have like any contact with him um, until I got to the show yesterday and uh, he walked in and I was like, hey man, what's up? Like, I'm Aiden and he was like, oh, hello, like, uh, and he was like, oh, you, you were at the show last week and I was like, Absolutely not. I'm the dude who's staying at your house this week. And he was like, oh, fuck. Like, he had no concept of who I was whatsoever. Like, uh, the second time we spoke after I kind of got, put all my bags and stuff down in the bar, he was like, so what's your deal again? Like, who are you? I know you're staying at my house, but like, what, what, how? Like, who are you? How do you know me? How do I know you and why are you staying at my house? (laughs) Which is pretty cool that he's just like, he was just, Donica, this guy that I met in uh, in the Edinburgh Fringe, hooked me up with the gigs that I'm doing here, and this Mac guy knows Donica, and Donica was just like, hey, can a guy stay on your, on your fucking, like in your spare room for a weekend? And the dude was just like, yeah, totally. I love that shit, man. I wish I, uh, I've always lived in shitty places ever since I was like 20, ever since I really properly moved out of home. I've just lived in garbage places. And, um... I really want to get a nice place in March when my current lease runs out. Get a nice place with uh, with old Blakey boy and Brendan, so I can finally have that to offer people. You know, to have somewhere to be like, yeah, you can totally come and stay with me, and I don't live in a piece of shit hole. You know, like when I used to live above a pub, I used to live above this pub in Melbourne, and uh, I just had my own room there, and then there was like a shared kitchen and shit. Um. And I had people stay from Airbnb because I, uh, not from Airbnb, from uh, from couch surfing because I wanted, I like, I had that kindness in like traveling before and having friends have me like stay in their places and I like wanted to repay it and so I had people there for couch surfing but I quickly realized that when you just have a room with a bed and a desk, like you know, it's really not ideal to have someone sleep on the floor at the foot of your bed in this tiny little box sized space. Like, you got to fucking build yourself up first before you have something to offer people. You can't just, you know, have, like... You can have nothing and offer it to people, and that's a nice gesture, but if you really want to actually make a difference for people who are travelling and shit, you kind of want to have a house with, like, a spare room or at least a couch on it, you know. That's what I want. I want to have... I want to be someone who has a thing to give people, you know, to, like, repay... Oh, I've stayed on so many people's couches and shit. I just asked again, I just asked another friend in London if I can stay on her couch on Sunday and Monday before I catch my, my fucking flight. Alright. Oh, I went for a run this morning, that was cool. I uh, got into Barcelona, it's real nice here, it's like 15 degrees in the day, and it's like the middle of winter, man, It's and it's like clear skies, oh, I could totally live here, man, if this is what it's like in winter, I bet it's sick in summer, it's really, it's a really open, like, the the streets are really wide, it feels very open and, 
you know, that's not a very descriptive word for a city, but every, there's a lot of space. It feels like there's a lot of space. The buildings are, like, tall, and, like, this place that I'm staying in, we're on the fourth floor, but it still feels like... It doesn't feel claustrophobic. Like, London can feel kind of claustrophobic at times. Um, I went for a run uh, for the first time this month. I haven't really been running because it's just been too cold and shit, you know? But <clears throat> I went for a run... Um, just like out toward, I saw on Google Maps there was like a, a green area on the map, so I was like, oh, I'll run there. And uh, I started going up, and there were like steps, and I was like, yeah, 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 just keep running up the steps. And then I saw a cable car over my head, and I was like, just keep going, just keep going. I ran pretty much up steps and only steps for like 15 minutes. I was so fucked at the end, and uh, I haven't run in like a month, and I've been smoking a bunch. Um, I got to the top and my chest was fucking exploding. Like I rested and I couldn't even sit down. My chest was like sore from uh, from the stress of running, man. So I got to get back into running again. You know, that's what happens when you when you fucking leave it. That's what happens when you come to the other side of the world chasing some fucking dumb girl. You stop running and then you're not fit anymore. Heartbreak gets you to so bad that you even your actual physical body starts to deteriorate it's not even a mental thing you eat bad you drink more oh it's the worst it's the manifestation of self-loathing i think that doesn't make any sense that phrase but it sucks <laughs> i can't wait to get away from this fucking continent mm. oh look at this this room's real nice so there's what is this a nice little wreath Hanging on the wall. It's like a little flower, like a tiara, that's the word. It's like a tiara, a headband or something, full of colourful flowers with a nice couple ribbons. Red, blue and yellow ribbons hanging off the side. Which are the colours of the, the fucking mighty Adelaide Crows, huh? The fo and, uh, we're the pride of South Australia. We're the mighty Adelaide Crows. You cunts! <laughs> yes, finding some patriotism on the other side of the world. Maybe I'll take a picture of myself with that, and that'll be the um, that'll be the little photo for this week's podcast. That'll be good. It's a bit of fun. I do not follow the Adelaide Crows at all. They were in the final this year, and if they won, I would have just I, I don't know what would I have done. I was in England at the time. They played the final. I probably would have told, like, the three people that I saw that day, oh, do you know my team from where I'm from won the grand final in the Australian football? Yeah, you, yeah, you don't care at all, do you? You don't even know what Australian football is. No one knows what Australian football is. No one fucking cares. Nor should they. <laughs> it's rubbish. It's just an athletics day with a ball, you know? There's no skill to it. All the, the, the Here's AFL, right? You just need to be able to jump and catch and run fast and, like, tackle and shit. Like, it's just general athletics. There's no specific skill to the game. It's just, like, if you were good at, like, on sports day in school, then you're probably good at footy. And you can get good at footy in, like, six months. It's garbage. That's why no one plays it. They're, what are they? They're, like, trying to have games in, like, India and shit. Like as some sort of soft power, exercise in soft power, you know. We'll export our national game over to fucking India and China and stuff. No one fucking cares, man. It's the most confusing game to watch. Those people have no idea what they're looking at. Absolutely no idea. 
And to get into a game, you need to do like a little bit of research. Like when I watch rugby, I have no idea what's going on. There's no context for, I can go like, oh, that dude made a tackle and it was kind of cool. But like, you don't know how the game's going. And to really enjoy a sport, you need to know how the rules work and whether someone's winning or losing or was that good when he caught the ball there? Was that good or was that a ba- did he make a mistake? You know? So why are they trying to fucking export the game to like countries that don't, don't even speak, like China doesn't even speak English. They don't even speak English. How are they going to understand the rules of this game when there's not even anyone there to fucking explain it for them? God damn, it's such a dumb idea. Just play fucking soccer, alright? Give it up. Your game sucks. <laughs> and you've all got sh- dumb haircuts. Long at the back, short at the sides. What are you fucking doing? You're an embarrassment. Everyone in Australia who plays footy, <clears throat> in school, we, I played soccer in school, and they used to call us gay. They used to call us soccer... What was it? Like soccer poofs. Something like that. Fucking soccer poofs, because we would share the same locker room as the footy guys, and they'd be like, ah, the fucking soccer fags, there they are, right? Yeah? Who's the fucking losers now, huh? Your sport is played by, like, fucking three cities in a country of 23 million. Not even all the cities. Just three. You are fighting a losing battle, Australian football, and I can't wait to see you go down in flames. All all your kids will be playing soccer in 25 years' time. Oh, I don't actually care, but it's really fun to know that my sport... I picked the winner, you know? I bet on the right horse. It's a fine sport. AFL's fine. Um, I can get into it, I guess. I'm just not tall enough. I'm no good at it, you know? It's a personal thing. I have a frame more suited for soccer. To be honest, I have a frame more suited for, like, chess. But (laughs) if it was soccer or footy, it's soccer. Which I call football. Go fuck yourself. Alright, so... um, Tonight I've got uh, the first of my two proper actual gigs. Uh, I'm really reserving judgment on this. I'm, I'm interested to see how it is, but I'm not expecting like a big turnout. You know, I'm expecting like a half full room. I'd be happy with that, with a half full room. Because last night was fucked. <laughs> Last night, there were comedians and friends of and a table of Germans who didn't really know what they were watching. And then during my set, which I was last, another table of Germans who agreed with the first table of Germans in that they weren't that sure about this whole comedy thing and maybe they should have stayed outside approach. So there were two tables of Germans. Um, And it was the kind of gig where, like, before the show, dude was like, oh, sometimes we do a donation at the end. And I was like, yeah, I'll fucking ask for a donation. And then I did I did 12 minutes. I did a bit longer and I like eventually kind of won them all over from them not really wanting to be there. But by the end of that, the amount of goodwill of theirs that I used up on like winning them over just with doing bits and telling stories was the goodwill was all gone, you know? So there was like no, there was no way that I was going to be like, all right, now that you've... Uh, really kind of tested your patience and bought into this enough so that you can actually walk away not hating yourself. How about giving me some money? Yeah? How about that? You were patient enough to go an hour and a half into this show that you don't really know what it is until you started enjoying it. That should be your reward, but now you owe me money. 
No, nah, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like the right thing to do. They probably wouldn't have even... Oh, it's hard like that, man. You've got to be a salesman sometimes, though, I guess. Like, like some people just really feel comfortable asking for money for a thing, I think. That's what it takes to be like a door-to-door salesman, you know? To have that belief in your head that, like, they should... Like, for a door-to-door salesman, it's like you believe that you're really helping them. By knocking on their door, you're going to change their lives for the better and they should be thankful for you for knocking on their door. you got to have that belief because they really need to know that they can maybe save $5 a month on their electricity bill if they take two hours to go through a contract with you and sign it there, then they can fucking buy, I don't know, <laughs> a stick of RAM at the end of the year. <laughs> Why did I say stick of RAM? Because it's useful though, isn't it? You want to put a little bit more RAM in your computer? Yeah? Run a few more processes, pull up a few more porn windows and like play each one before you see... Oh, maybe that, that seventh one, that's the one that I'll go for. And you can do more if you've got more RAM, then you can have more processes running at the same time. And that's what I would be spending my money on if I was saving $5 a month on my electricity contract. What am I talking about? That's the kind of... Sometimes you just need to believe that what you're doing is good enough to have people pay for it, you know? I think that's what salesmen have, and I think that's what comedians don't have because we spend years being shit and just being thankful for people for to people for being there, you know? I've been doing comedy five years, and most of that time it's been like... Thank you for coming so I can practice, you know. Thank you for coming and being here so I can get better to the point where I feel comfortable asking for money from people. And even last night it was just like, I'm a good comedian but you don't really want to be here so you as a crowd are still kind of humouring me by even staying at all, you know. Hopefully tonight's not like that. Hopefully tonight is a show where people are excited to come and they've come to see the show, and then it'll be like, all right, give me your fucking money, because last night sucked, and I'm not over it. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's what I'm doing tonight. i got the show. Um, I Oh, there's a comic that I met in Dublin. The, I, the, the first night I was in Dublin, on the Monday, I did a show at the Woolshed, and the headliner there, who was in Father's Head, if anyone knows that show. Fuck, amazing very like the biggest show ever in Ireland in Ireland they all love that it's like an old sitcom from the 90s and the headliner of the show on that Monday one of the dudes in Father Ted so he was huge there um and he's got to be in uh, in Barcelona this weekend so I got to hit him up literally after I record this and see what's going on because he said like yeah let's have a drink man and um if I'm honest I know he's doing a better show than me he's doing two shows as well and they're like obviously proper pro shows, so I kind of want to go find out where he's at and see if I can meet the promoter and uh, and maybe get in on that show for next time. That'd be sick. <laughs> so I don't have to do shows where you ask people for money at the end. <laughs> uh, no, I think the show tonight will be good. If Ideally, I would be able to do both. Open the pro one and close the close this amateur.
Oh, yo guys, what's up? It's Aiden Jones, you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree. Uh, what is the date today? The 17th of December, Sunday night, 2017, baby. It's, uh, oh, what's going on? Um, I just watched, uh, I just watched Reservoir Dogs for the first time. I'd never seen it before. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was pretty good. It wasn't like a life-changing experience. Um, it was like very Tarantino-y. I don't know, I was out with my mate Donica last night. We drank, we were in Barcelona and we drank like all afternoon in Barca. That was fucking great. We met up at like three and, uh, I didn't know this about Spain, but everyone kept telling me apparently Spain has the most, uh, bars per capita of any country in the world. So, um, (coughs) it definitely felt like it, man. Like Barcelona... Oh my god, there are just bars fucking everywhere. So we would like go to a place, have a pint, pay, and then just walk for like, you know, five minutes or some shit, go to another place, have another pint, and we must have hopped like five or six bars in the afternoon and then went to the show that we were doing. It was great. Um, But yeah, one of the things was he was like, uh, we kind of started talking about how I've not seen heaps of movies and uh, he was talking about Reservoir Dogs and I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it, man. And, uh, he, it was one of those ones where he was like, dude, I can't oversell it. I can't, oh my God, I'm trying, <laughs> I'll get onto that in a second. He's going, I can't oversell it. I can't, it's so good, man. You got to watch it. And, uh, you know, that's the only way to oversell a movie is to tell someone that you can't oversell it. I mean, look, I've heard about Reservoir Dogs, obviously Tarantino and all that, and it was good, but like, it's just, if it, it felt a little like, um, he he obviously hadn't grown into himself completely yet as a director. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? <laughs> Critiquing Reservoir Dogs. God. <laughs> he really could have... Uh, just the mise-en-scene, it wasn't quite there as opposed to his later efforts, you know? Uh, I really just think that he uh, he wasn't as mature a, a filmmaker as uh, the Tarantino that we've come to know and love. God damn it, I don't know fucking anything about film. Shut up, idiot. So I'm drunk. <laughs> I think I'm drunk. I got... <coughs> I'm, at, I'm at my friend Robin's house. Um, the great Robin Perkins. Um, she is back in Boston for Christmas, so um, she's... <coughs> so generous with her place, man. She just um, lets comedians stay in her, in her place if they're in town. And, uh, yeah, she's not here, so I'm just, I'm crashing in a joint for two days before I fly out back to Oz. And, um, I got in, I, like, traveled all day from Barca. I was hungover, as per usual, flying hungover, and, um, got here at about, like, 5.30, and then just was, like, fiending for some chicken, man, and there's a real good chicken shop just down the road. I, uh, God, why am I coughing so much? <coughs> so I went down, I, uh, I got some chicken, and I got a bottle of wine. And this has happened a bunch to me recently, is that I got a bottle of wine that I thought was red wine, and I didn't look, because I'm an idiot, I just got the cheapest one, and it's not red wine, it's a Chardonnay from South Africa, but it's not white either, it's like, and it's not pink, it's like brown, it looks like, uh, it looks like port or something, <coughs> it's got bits of sediment and little floaty boys in there, and um, yeah, I've been, I guess I've drank like a half a bottle in there while I was... Um, while I was watching Reservoir Dogs eating my chicken, and uh, I think I'm kind of drunk now, which is cool, you know, 
and I just, but it just tastes like shit, dude. This wine tastes like fucking trash. Um, it tastes, it's got that kind of grapey. Wait, let me, let me take a little sip here. Mmm. It's, uh, it tastes like the color that it looks. It's brown, and it just tastes like brown fucking water. It doesn't taste like fruit at all. It tastes like old, like, prunes or something. Like grandma wine, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it tastes like something that my great grandma, who fucking died at the age of like ninety eight or some shit, would have had in her house and would have been like, oh, this is the stuff. This is the bloody stuff. This here, this is the. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And she pours it out, and it's like a syrup into the glass, and it's just dog shit. But she's so old, and her taste buds are just wrecked. From just being old, not even any any like smoking or anything. She's just old and she just can't taste shit anymore. So maybe it used to be good, or maybe she used to like it, but now it just it's, it's shit, and she's shit, and she doesn't understand that this is bad wine. It's a bad liquid. Apparently, my great grandma used to be, used to have like when she got older, she used to get on the wines, man, which I think is awesome. Fuck yeah! Once you're old. <coughs> If you're not um if you're not drinking every day when you're old, you know, what are you doing with yourself, man? Have that start at midday. What else have you got? That's crazy that when you get to a point when you're so old that you're not it's not like you're going to ruin anything, you know? You've got no more potential. You just have what you have and uh and so you can drink at midday every day. I why does not every person in a nursing home just drink constantly. <laughs> that would make it so much more fun. Go to the nursing home, they're all trash. <laughs> Walking, going around in their fucking wheelchairs, they don't even need them, but they're just like, well, I'm not going to walk because I'm drunk and I'm old. That's two strikes right there. <laughs> That's crazy that they're not always drunk. They should always be drunk. If you fucking are living in a nursing home, why are you listening to this podcast, first of all? Second of all, why are you not drunk? <clears throat> They've probably got like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's totally what I would do. You would just get bored and you would just drink all the time. Maybe they don't allow them. I wonder if they're not allowed. Like the, I wonder if the staff, <coughs> surely not. They're fucking adults. You're allowed to drink. Yeah, that's totally what I would do. Maybe that'd be like a good nursing home gimmick. <laughs> it's, like, it's a free bar. There's <laughs> like a new new retrospective cocktail every day, like a war-themed cocktail. <laughs> God damn. Um, and then when you like bring the grandkids, you know... That were that I would have been too young. That's what I used to do at my when uh, we used to go visit my great grandma in in a nursing home before she died, like everyone does. Death. We used to uh, we used to go visit her, and I would play. <coughs> it was when I was a teenager. I would go and play piano for him, and uh, I remember there was this old Dutch lady who always used to go, "Can you play on top of old Smokey? Do you know how to play on top of old Smokey?" And I'd just be like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. I don't know what that song is. And then she'd be like, on top of old Smokey, you know this song. Do you want to play on top of old Smokey, please, for me? Yeah. Um, and it was that's it's kind of like 
lady, I'm not your grandson, all right? I'm here to play for my grandma, okay? Maybe if you had fucking had a little more initiative in your own life, <coughs> then your grandkids would be able to play piano, and then they would be here playing on top of Old Smokey for you, but they're not, all right? Because you're a loser. I'm playing for my grandma, because she's dope, and you fucked up. So, if you want it on top of Old Smokey, you're going to have to pay, all right? And it's fucking... It's not cheap, okay? Because I'm a kid, and I don't want to do anything. So I'm charging high rates to learn your weird song. I do know that song, but I only know the first line, and I don't know where I know it from. And I don't want to know any more about it, okay? <laughs> so, um... Oh, here was a wild thing. All right, on the plane today... I'm on the plane, it's, it's a Ryanair flight, so it's like the shitty airway, like of course, that's the one that I'm, I, first of all, I fucked up, <coughs> I just, because I've been flying so much this year, I'm like, alright, how do I try and save little bits of money, and like, I just don't trust airlines, you know, like I don't trust that they're not trying to price, price gouge me every step of the way on the process, so, when I bought the flights, I noticed that um, you can... You pay extra for luggage, which is a nuts brutal man. It's like twenty-five pound extra for a, for a um a bag to be like checked in, and I have a bag that I need to get checked in. I can't really leave it anywhere because I'm traveling around, so I had to pay that every time, man, for these flights that were like like the flights were like twenty-five euro, and then the fucking bag was another twenty-five euro. Brutal. Should have bought another seat and put my bag on the fucking seat. Anyway, so um, when I bought this flight home from Barcelona, or back to London from Barcelona, I was I noticed that when you finish checkout, there's another option to add bags, and that's always ten euro. And uh, it tells you when you're first buying the flight, it's like this is the cheapest time to buy a baggage allowance. But then at the end, it's like oh, there's another one for ten euro. And I was like, fuck you. Airlines, I do not trust you as far as I can fucking throw you. I bet you're just telling me it's cheaper at that point. I didn't really think it through. Like, I didn't, you know, why would they do that? But I just, in my head, I was like, nah, fuck them. They're trying to fucking score an extra 15 euro off me. So I didn't buy the baggage allowance. Went through the whole process, check out, bought the flights, and then was looking for the 10 euro thing, and it was 40. <laughs> Uh -huh. So I just lost 15 euro um, because I didn't trust them and I thought they were trying to fuck me. <laughs> but I was like, I'll never, I'll never be able to really rest easy until I know for sure and I try it, you know? Like I paid that 15 euro for peace of mind to now know every time I book a Ryanair flight that I'm not losing money by putting that luggage thing first. So, um, but anyway, I took my flight today and uh, I just... Alright, so you get on the thing, it's a two and a half hour flight, Barca to London, and um, they uh, like they walk up and down the aisles from, as soon as the thing takes off, the uh, the cabin crew are like walking up and down the aisles with their things, like spruiking, like, food, anyone want some drinks or food or something, and uh, and that's fine, they just do that, and they just keep, and it's like annoying, but it's like, alright, you're trying to sell food, and then they start walking up and down selling watches? And fucking perfume and, like, duty-free shit. Like, dude, I'm not buying a fucking watch from an airline, alright? Like, first of all, look at the menu. You're charging, like, fucking five euro for a cheese sandwich. 
how am I then going to buy a watch off you, seeing how much you inflate the prices like that? And, like, why the fuck are they selling watches on the fucking plane anyway? I don't want to buy a watch when I'm on a plane, when I'm going to be in, in London in two hours, where there's plenty of shops for people that sell watches, rather than Ryanair, right? As if they're, like, experts on what, like, oh, you know, the airline, like, it's kind of fine, they, you know, they do what they do, but they also really know their thing. Uh, with like timepieces, yeah, they're just really up on that. It's the two things that they do. Uh, they do air travel to a, a reasonable degree, passable, but they're just amazing with watches. Go fuck yourself. You know, the only reason that they're selling watches mid-flight is because some fucking executive was like saw that saw that uh, like that. All right, they've got the people need to, the the cabin crew need to be on the flight at the start. For, um, to do the little safety dance thing, and then they're just on there for the whole time, and they're like, well, we're paying them already, and they're not doing anything, so fuck, like, I guess we'll just get them, like, up and down trying to sell shit. That's all it is, is they're just already being paid, so someone, some executive somewhere was 100% just like, oh, fucking, let's get them doing something, let's just try and make a little bit more money. Fuck. That's a, it's such a bummer for that cabin crew, man, that they have to do that. Because you know they all hate doing that so much. <coughs> but the idea of being like an air, uh, like, you know, an, an, what are they called? Air hostess? But that's just the girl. Cabin crew? Whatever. The idea of being that is like so romantic because it's tied up in the whole thing of travel. So people go and do it. Little do they know what they're signing up for is to be a salesman in a corridor for like extended shifts. God damn it, that must suck. I don't know. And they just, like, Ryanair, you know, they treat them like shit as well. When I got to uh, Stansted Airport, flew in, and then uh, the baggage collection, the, like, desk, the Ryanair desk, the Ryanair desk was, um, like, n no one was there. I could, like, hear them round the back, and there was a phone ringing, and um, I was trying to ask them where the conveyor belt was because our flight wasn't up on the TV, and there was, like, a line of people, and... Um, when the lady finally came out from around the back and, like, talked to us, she was just, like, rude as shit. And, like, it was such a bummer because I could just tell she was so fed up with her job. Like, they really must treat those people like shit to have such a bad time. Um, she didn't really give me the information that I needed. And then I was like, just so you know, you've been very unhelpful and rude. Um, that really sucks. And she was like, thank you, have a nice day. And I was like, oh, you hate your job so much. <laughs> That's a bummer. But also, fuck you. <clears throat> Alright, what have I talked about for the last 10 minutes? Any 15 minutes! 15 minutes! Jesus Christ, I'm real drunk. <laughs> uh, I wonder if this is going to make... If this stays in, if you're listening to this right now, that means that I woke up in the next morning or the morning after, like in a couple days' time, and listened to this back, and it made me laugh, and I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, then picture me in, like, Beijing airport on the 20th of December, listening to this with headphones on, laughing at how drunk I am right now. <laughs> oh, it's probably staying in. I'm having too good of a time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, <coughs> why do I keep coughing? What is going on? Fuck. That's so annoying. Alright, I think I'm done. Fuck it. I don't have anything else to talk about. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, this has been Sitting Under a Tree and I am Aiden Jones. Peace.
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.